Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hello, everyone, and happy Wednesday. Oh my gosh, today was completely one of those days where I woke up and felt like Saturday, but it was actually Wednesday. And I'm both, I'm simultaneously very happy that it's Wednesday already, but I'm also like freaking out a little bit because I'm like, oh my gosh, how is it already Wednesday? So um, I'd love to know what kinds of things you guys are doing to kind of like set each day apart. I have been focusing on like one day per week is like my, okay, so so back before all of this, one day per week was the day that I would like go out and do things and like have meetings and lunches and coffees and things like that. So now I'm kind of trying to keep that going. And those are like, I have one day per week that is like all of my virtual things. So that for me was today. It's not consistent week to week, um, but it was today. So I had a recording with Julie, who you're going to hear from in a bit. And then we had an amazing She Built This peer group meeting virtually, um, which was just an opportunity for all of us. There were nine of us on the on the Zoom call. And we just got an opportunity to like share where we're at and utilize a little bit of group think and feedback. And it was just really awesome and connecting and I had a wonderful time and all of the feedback from everyone who participated was super good as well. And then tonight I am going to a virtual pajama party for one of my clients. Um, and I'm really excited about that. I've never, I've been on the, um, end that put one on, but I've never been a guest or just like participating. So I'm super excited to kind of like kick back. I mean, I'd be wearing my PJs and being home anyway, so might as well have some fun and do that. So there's lots of stuff to experience virtually and get connected with. And like I said, I'm just trying to keep that to kind of like one day per week is my, is my virtual connection day. So, so the reason I bring all that up is because the way I met today's guest was on one of my little days out. I got a introduction to her from Kristen Hardwick and she said, oh my gosh, you need to meet Julie Trieb. And I was like, okay, why? Like, you know, people are always saying, you need to meet so-and-so, you need to meet so-and-so. But I do have this sort of philosophy where I rarely turn down a coffee date and it might and not necessarily be coffee, it might be a phone call, but I will rarely turn down a introduction to someone. And especially if it comes from a good friend who's recommended that I meet them. Ironically, she also is um, connected to my sister-in-law. So I had both of them telling me that I needed to meet her. And I was like, okay, done. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. So we met at Union Coffee in Milford, New Hampshire, and it was literal, 
Oh my gosh, there I go with the literallys again. You see, this is way this is a problem of way too much parks and recreation. If you heard my last podcast, you heard me say literally exactly three times, but I caught myself on the third time. I'm really I now I now I truly need to get better at not saying this. This is my vocal tick. This is my um and so, but this is it. It's literally. Back to what I was saying. Before I was so rudely interrupted by my lack of grasp on the English language, I met Julie at Union Coffee on one of these days out. She is the founder and owner of the online e-commerce business Designs by Juju, which is, it was founded 16 years ago, and it's a multi-million dollar family-run business. She is the leading provider of these adorable digital machine embroidery designs, and she's in the industry for home embroiderers. She has been creating, marketing, maintaining the connection with her clients and seen a steady growth in her business since 2003. She's going to share with us a little bit of that journey. And Julie believes that being true to yourself and what you love is the key to maintaining joy in your business and attracting those ideal customers. So what she's going to be talking about is how recently she has learned how showing up and like being really vulnerable and real and sometimes messy as your authentic self is actually what is going to spark joy within us and restore like what a lot of us experience as entrepreneurs, which is burnout. Um, And so we talk a lot about listening to your intuition, getting really, really close and discovering your why, and also the importance of self-care and just daily spiritual rituals. I really, really love Julie. I have such wonderful conversations with her on a regular basis about just being authentic and also something that I'm working on, which is listening a little bit more to my inner voice, which I don't even really know what that is, honestly, because I haven't taken two seconds in my life to figure it out. I always look at other people and I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you trust your intuition or how do you know what to do or how do you get like a yes or no from yourself you know before you dive into something and so Julie and I have a lot of conversations about that and I I really really appreciate her for that and I love what she has to say she shares a lot of the background about um, starting a super successful business and a Facebook group that is just like 47,000 people in the group and highly, highly engaged. So I hope you enjoy this episode and my interview with Julie. I completely enjoyed having her. And the moral of the story is don't turn down the coffee date because it, it led to me meeting a wonderful person who I'm I'm now um, doing business with and that's a little bit of a cliffhanger, but she is also going to be on the She Built This panel in August and I'm really, really looking forward to that. Hopefully we'll actually get to have that event, <laughs> but um, if we do have it, then Julie is going to be one of our guest speakers and I just cannot wait. So here is my interview with Julie. Hi, Julie, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. How are you today? Um, great, thanks. How are you? Good. Um, are you holding up okay in the, despite the circumstances? Oh, yeah. Um, it's an interesting time, just kind of hanging out like everybody else and sitting with whatever's, whatever's coming up. What are you doing to keep busy? Um, so I am sleeping in 
when I feel like it. Uh, we're going out for walks in the woods a lot, um, working on my business designs by Juju and also um, building a website for a blog that I'm looking forward to starting. Nice. Exciting. I, I am excited to see this website because I have insider knowledge. <laughs> um, all right. So why don't you start by telling us your backstory and tell us what, what Designs by Juju is. Um, I'm a little curious to know where the name came from and like how you got started. And, and also, you know, why did you choose an embroidery business? Sure. Um, so, well, I have always been a crafty person and always had a great interest in sewing. Um, and, and since my, I have three kids and my oldest is 28, my youngest now is 16. And I mean, since, um, as long as I can remember, I've had a desire to make things for my kids. So, um, I was a nurse for 16 years and, um, I met a lady at my church who was like a mentor to me and she owned a computerized embroidery machine. And that's kind of all the rage now in the sewing world is these, these, computerized sewing machines that have, that can also do embroidery. And I was fascinated with it. So I wanted one and I was eight and a half months pregnant and I um, had no money at all. And I worked overtime to save money to buy myself a used embroidery machine because I wanted to make things for my little, this was my third child. And I wanted to make these little um, cloth diapers and like embroider little things on the bums because I had seen them. Cute. Yeah. So I bought this machine, like very, very pregnant. And um, then I went on my maternity. But when I got the machine, the thing that happened is I couldn't afford the designs because they were like very, very expensive. And um, I, not only could I not afford them, but I kind of couldn't find what I was looking for. So my husband said, well, why don't you make your own? And I said, oh, I can't do that. And He's like, sure you can. So I um, bought some used software on eBay and taught myself to digitize. And that's what it's called when you create these designs is digitizing. There weren't a lot of designs available at the time. And I made what I wanted and what, what made me happy. Um, so soon I thought, you know, I had bought some designs on eBay. And I thought, well, I could do that. And so I created some and um, put them up on eBay when I thought other women might be shopping. And all I wanted to do ever was to be a stay-at-home mom and to stay home with my kids. And so I thought if I could just make $180 a week, then I don't have to go back to work. And I put them up on eBay and they were horrible. When I look back now, they were like so horrible compared to what I do now. Um, don't don't forget, please tell us when you put them up on eBay because I love this part. It's genius. I hadn't chosen my business name yet. I'm getting there. But I, I put them up. I thought to myself, when will, because I'm like, I really love to think about human behavior and when people are shopping and spending money. And it was Super Bowl Sunday, and I was fascinated with the timing of an eBay auction, um, knowing that like there are certain times of the day when there's more people online, when there's more certain people are going to be online. And I said, there's got to be other women that are going to be shopping like online that couldn't give two hoots about the Super Bowl. So I created um, the 
uh, auction and made it specifically so that like I don't know, maybe a three day auction specifically. So it would end during the Super Bowl, and I sold a whole bunch. And um, then I got these messages right away, like instantly. Do you have any more? Do you have anything else like this? Do you have any other designs? Do you have a website? And I thought, no, <laughs> I don't. And um, so I just kind of winged it, wung it, what's the you know word? And thought, I'm going to build a website. And this was this, I mean, back then, these horrible websites with like music and all this like really loud backgrounds and everything. And um, I thought I was trying to think of a name for the business and um, was talking to my kids. And it was actually my daughter that suggested the name Designs by Juju, because when um, when my baby brother was little, he couldn't say Julie, and all he could say was Juju, and um, it kind of stuck, you know, in my family as a nickname. And I thought that'll be a catchy name, and it has because no matter what people Google now, Designs by Juju or Juju Designs or Juju, like it's just like it's my brand. So, um, yeah, that's, um, you know, I totally taught myself and, um, my first week just, you know, I said, I only wanted to make $180 a week in our first week I made 700 and I never went back to. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you've just totally grown it from there. Um, you have not just built a successful business, but also like a whole community around this, right? We have, we, um, it was really, I think it was 2009 when, um, I really got on Facebook and we've grown, um, you know, our regular page now has over 200,000 followers. We've, we've grown it's worldwide business and, but it's been, it was two years ago that we started a Facebook group to really connect with like our, um, those loyal customers, the ones that really, really want to interact. And it's called Designs by Juju Embroidery Blessings. And we just surpassed 47,000 members in that group. And it's a very, very active group. And um, Oh, my goodness. It's been, that has been a real blessing to us. We, we do, th- we give a free design every month. We, at one point, we did a campaign asking people, um, like a pregnancy center locally is near and dear to my heart. And my desire was to fill diaper bags and bring to the pregnancy center. And all these women were shipping us things they made with my designs. And um, it's just, it's really been a cool community. Yeah. Uh, So tell us a little bit, I guess, about how you, how you grew that community. Like what's your, what values and beliefs kind of helped that community to grow? Because I know a lot of people have questions about, Facebook groups and growing Facebook groups and how do I build community and, and more, more importantly, how do I build an engaged community? I think you're obviously really good at that. Um, and it's something I really work on too. So what would you, I guess, what would your number one advice be around that? Like, how do you build an engaged community? Well, when you start a lot, when you start a group on Facebook, a lot of businesses we're doing it out of fear, like because Facebook was changing everything and their content was not being seen unless they paid for ads and everything. So everybody's like, oh, I got to have a group. I have a group. And they would just kind of spam all their offerings and stuff into the group because that was the way it was going to be seen. And my belief is that with social media, like I was, I just would not jump on that bandwagon because 
without a purpose to it, it's one more thing to moderate, one more place to put content, one more place to advertise. So we came up with this way to um, have it be something unique and different. And um, you, I really believe in with social media that it's a place to connect. And it if it's always sell, 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 it's going to backfire. So um, I... I just, I created it like a mission and a purpose for this group. And the mission was the, the purpose was kind of a pay it forward. So I give this free design with the belief, there's a belief of abundance that, I mean, I didn't do it to make, make more money. I said, I'm going to give this free design. And all I asked them to do is, um, you know, use that design to make somebody else smile or to, you know, to brighten somebody else's day or to make something to give away or donate. So it was kind of a honor system, pay it forward thing. And I believe like with, with, with connecting to just, I would show up, sometimes I show up on video and I mean, I don't always have my hair and makeup done, you know, and, but the truth is like, I am not the only person on this planet sitting there in pajamas without my hair and makeup done. And they love it. They eat it up because right. they're like that too. And so they feel like there's somebody relatable. You know, I just think that one of the keys is being authentic and just showing up, just showing up. Um, yeah. And it just, grown. Yeah. I mean, we do send out a newsletter. Um, I think it's once a month. Part of our newsletter campaign is letting them know about this group that, you know, they can, of course, the free design is a draw. Um, but it's not like, oh, then you have to buy this. You know what I mean? It's like, actually, all you have to do is join this group and you get this stuff free. So, yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you. Um, I'm seeing a lot of Facebook groups popping, popping, popping. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't even say the word popping, popping up right now. And what I'm afraid is, is that they're just like a dumping ground for people to offer their products and services. And that is so not in my book, not the way to build an engaged Facebook group. Like the, the best kind of group is the kind that just kind of lives and breathes and works organically. And like people are talking, even when you're not sitting there, like creating yeah. the content and the posts, oh, you know, a really good. Successful group so you don't have to work that hard at because it, I mean, you have to have moderators and such, but like they do, it just kind of grows and forms and um, yeah, agree. Yeah, agree. All right. So let's talk about some of the struggles and challenges because, you know, where we're listening to this and we're like, wow, she's so successful and just happened so easily for her. All she had to do was post some stuff on eBay and like, then she built a seven figure business. So how, what, what are some of the struggles that you had to go through and like, challenges that you faced well um i think my greatest struggle and this is like it is second guessing myself all the time i mean yes i i grew this sometimes i still sit here to this day and be like how because there is a lot of pain you know throughout that um 16 years and second guessing myself not trusting myself wondering who am i to be doing this not believing that my business was even like a real business um, you know, despite so much evidence, like that, that's the thing with imposter syndrome is like, despite all this evidence that's telling you the contrary, 
you still thought that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I sat, so one point I had, um, I really needed my website to be rebuilt. And I met these, these guys, these really ambitious guys who were redoing my site. And then they introduced me to this finance guys, this place. And I went and sat at this round table, like, I guess it was a round table with a bunch of men, these young men that were like, like all of them wanted a piece of this. They wanted me to form a board of directors. They wanted that. Like I sat there, they're telling me like, and I'm, I'm at that point, I think the business wasn't quite seven figures. It was close. And, and I'm like, I didn't realize or even accept or like have a minute to stop and think, wow, like I built this. <laughs> right. And, but the masculine energy at that table and the, the, the doubting and the, like I didn't, it was at that point where I felt like this is like my biggest, it didn't, you know, it wasn't even until later that I, I really kind of stepped back, but that I, I wasn't able to step into my femininity. Like I just had all this like money, money, and everybody wanted a piece of this business and look what you could do here. You could do this and you could like brand sewing machines and you could brand this and you could brand that. And I'm sitting there thinking, what? I don't want to do that. Right. Like, I, wow. And um, so it was this like identity crisis of like learning to stand up for myself and being an entrepreneur. Um, it crosses over like your business, your personal life, your spiritual life, especially, you know, so much is involved. And um, I think it was just like having to deal with I, I built this like masculine wall myself as a way to like self-protect. So it was. um I, I guess the second day. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I was kind of talking about this the other day, how um, when you are a business owner, like your body and your health are like your business. Because if you're not feeling good in your body, then you don't, you can't run your business. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. And, and they're totally, totally interwoven. I've been, in fact, I've been told that now, like now that we're more organized and I, I mean, without me, there is no designs by Juju. I, I want to get it to be that that's not the case. I, I have a vision. I want to leave this business, you know, to my kids. And um, but you're right. Without like, what good is any of this without our health? What good is yeah. this without our physical health, our emotional health, without enjoying life? You know, without without what matters. And, um, so that was, that was kind of, it's, it's not like, Oh, boom, this is my struggle. And this is how you solve it. It's just kind of been a journey. So it's, I was having this conversation with my husband this morning on our walk. Actually, we were just talking about like what success looks like mm -hmm. to us. And, you know, I, I have always had like this number in my head. That's like, this is me being successful, you know? And the more we got to talking about it, I realized, and, and I've thought of this before, but that much money, like, doesn't really, like, I feel so happy now, you know, and I, I don't have even half of what I want to have financially, quote unquote. So then I started to think, like, success isn't really about, like, this nebulous number that I'm trying to reach. It's about how I feel in my everyday life. Like I don't want to be personally, I don't want to be working 75 hours a week to get to that number. You know what I mean? Like I don't want him to be working 75 hours a week to, to have us be there. So it's totally defining and, and it's different for everybody because for some people, I think that number is success. And I think working 65, 70 hours a week, whatever they need to do to get there is that's like success to them. But 
for me, that's not like, I want to take my time in the morning. And like you, like, I want to be able to sleep in and work when I want to work. And that's more of what success means to me than having some number that is imposed on myself, or I just like saw somewhere in, you know, the Atlantic magazine or something. I agree. And um, one of my um, greatest mentors was, has been Tony Robbins. And he has a quote that says success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. So, Oh, I love that. It is a really powerful quote and you really can, you know, when we think about our values and what is important to us, um, you know, creating your rules and your, your rules for success. That is what, what is important. And um, if it's without the reason. Yeah. You have something called, you have something called your, I don't list, right? Oh, the um, it's called, no, it's, well, I didn't, I didn't coin this. I got this from um, Jenna Kutcher on her um, Gold Digger podcast. And um, actually from this course I'm doing called KBB and he calls it the not to do the not to do list. And it's a way to like write out everything you're doing and what things we should be doing and things that he has you like, he has, it's his whole worksheet and he has you write out um, these things and if that are not serving you in some way and to either um, audit things you decide, you either automate it, delegate it or eliminate it. And, um, that's really powerful. And then he has what's called needle turners, needle, needle movers, which are the things, needle movers, uh, yeah. the important things in your business. And I call those like um, income producing activity is what I, I personally call that stuff. Um, so yeah, that not to do list is, is really powerful coming up with like uh, some boundaries and being able to say no and think, hmm, this isn't, I write, yes, this is necessary, but I don't have to be the one doing it. Or, yeah, this is totally not worth it in my life and not serving me. Eliminate it. This can be automated. I don't like grocery shopping, but, oh, my gosh, there's grocery delivery. So here, let's, you know, automate that. So it's a great little tool. I'd I listen. To- yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, all right. So why don't you share with us something that you feel like through this whole journey has been very easy for you and come naturally to you? Okay. Um, well, for me, um, the marketing has always come very easy coming up with ideas. And I guess like this, um, what I've always said is like this knowing in my heart of hearts when something is going to be a big hit. So I create products every month, like different designs. And I get this idea and I just have this way of knowing if this product or this particular sale or this particular marketing plan is going to be a hit or not. And it just always has I think I've always that's something I have always trusted in myself and sometimes I get a little pushback maybe from the marketing team or I say no we're going to hit this number I just know it and they're like you're crazy and I'm like oh I don't care what you think we're going to do it and we do (laughs) and I think that's I don't know if it's a mindset thing um but well I think this I think uh, part of it is you're so like you were your client, you know, like you've been in their shoes. And so you know exactly what it feels like. And I think for, you know, for anybody in marketing, that is like a huge home base advantage or home, home field advantage, like knowing what your 
client has struggled or is struggling with because you have also struggled with those things that's like everything and i think that's where i'm going as i as i um endeavor to build my brand as i the client i'm going after is is my younger self i think you know and what did i need to hear and um i think showing up for customers real and authentic like what I, for some reason, like when I screw up, whether it be with business or personal or whatever, I, I'm able to own it and like, say, I'm sorry if I have to, like, that's just been easy for me. So connecting has come easy. I've always been a people person. I was a nurse for 16 years. I've been like, I mean, I've been a caretaker. It's just something that I think has been to my benefit. So tell us a little bit about how you're um, pivoting and and changing things up a little bit in your business. What are you? What's kind of like next on the trajectory? Oh God. <laughs> um, well, I have just been on this personal journey of really um, desiring more, and and really have gotten to the point. I really spent, as I mentioned earlier, one of my biggest struggles has been listening to my intuition, and um, I've just been realizing that um, I hadn't really stepped into the woman, my femininity. So I'm really learning to trust my intuition, my inner knowing, um, and allowing all of me to come to the table when it comes to my business. So it means listening to how I'm feeling, paying attention to how something like feels in my body. And um, the, one of the biggest things recently has been has been that word no <laughs> like so there's been all these opportunities that come up like uh, opportunity to buy a, a trade show an opportunity to speak here an opportunity to buy another business and just because all of these opportunities are there doesn't mean that those are all right for me so to listen to that still inner voice and pay attention to Right now, I'm I'm kind of all about my health, and that means that if I don't want to create the designs that I'm getting requests for, I'm only going to create what I want to create, because I believe that um, when you really like follow what um, kind of sets you on fire, right? Like you can't go wrong with that. So I am interested now in um, launching a personal blog and just kind of sharing about my journey and this holistic, a more holistic approach to business. There's, there's a lot out there and a lot of noise and a lot of voice. Yeah. Why don't, why don't you tell a little bit about what you've gone through health wise, because I think this is a really powerful story and it, and in, in my mind, this is your turning point, right? right? So, so in, um, like this past year was, we had our highest revenue, uh, year yet. And, um, but it was in November that I went to the doctor. I, I, you know, hit up. So, okay. Yeah. Great. I'm so successful. Yay. Or according to other people think, oh my gosh, how does she do it? But the truth is I have totally put my health on the back burner to, I'm massively out of control diabetic. I had a deadly A1C and I went to the doctor and I was the most non-compliant patient ever. And I went to her and she came in and she was not the friendliest person, but she sat down, she goes, you're going to die. How can we help you? And um, I kind of, I walked out and I sat in my car and 
I was going to my daughter's and um, she had asked my little grandson, oh, you want to say Nana? She's coming. And he ran to the door and just this little boy just kind of stood at the door with his head up and was waiting for me. And she sent me this picture and this just kind of clicked this reason why. And I just thought, what good does it have to do to heat to hit your highest revenue? What good does buying out all these other businesses? What good is and this is worth nothing without my help? Nothing at all. And so I committed to um, really fiercely, um, really diving into what is health and what does that mean for me? And, um, you know, it's definitely not just drinking water and eating kale and working out. It's so, so much more. Um, I've just, I, it's hard to, um, you know, I've been on quite, um, quite a spiritual journey. I've, you know, seen different uh, embodiment coaches and, um, just kind of learning to integrate, um, what all of this means to me. And I've just set out on this health journey because I really believe that that is the most important thing. Like that whole, we're not, if we're not putting on our oxygen mask, I mean, that is so true. People now it's just like this cliche saying, but we cannot be all of the things to all of the people and totally ignore ourselves. Um, yeah, I so agree with that. Um, so I, that's kind of where I'm at. That's really what I, the, what I want to drive home um, on the blog that I'm starting. I, I want to drive this home to, there's so many women, we've, we've always put ourselves in the back burner. Or we always have, with work, you run yourself to the ground and um, you got to get up at 5 a.m. and have this morning routine and do this and do that. And it's, there's, there's more, there's more to joy. There's more to, there's more to living. And there's, you can still have business too, you know, there, you can have all of it. Yes. Yes. Um, all right. So let's say you had a magic wand and you could, you went to sleep and when everybody, or sorry, the world goes to sleep and everybody wakes up and all of a sudden all the female entrepreneurs have one piece of advice from you and are able to like put it into action right away. What do you want them to know? Like, what do you wish everyone knew now and was doing now? Huh. <laughs> That's a loaded question. Well, I wish that every single female entrepreneur, and I mean, every entrepreneur and every person really owned and embodied and believed that the very greatest gift that they could give to the world would really just be to be their beautiful self. And the most importantly, I, there's a quote and I didn't get the person's name, but everybody's heard it. Be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire that you cannot and you should not try to be everything to everyone. Do what you love and are passionate about because that is where you're going to grow, thrive, make your money. And don't be concerned about is your message going to appeal to the masses. Just be true to yourself. You have to, to quiet your mind and be yeah. really go inside. And if you give yourself that space to really listen and to what that, what your inner voice is telling you, you cannot go wrong. Um, so really don't like in a nutshell, right? Don't second guess yourself and listen. Um, and don't try to be everything. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's funny. Like right now we're in a time where I think when, when this 
um, pandemic, when we were first required to shelter in place in New Hampshire, I think a lot of global opportunities were presenting themselves very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like I can expand my reach globally and like talk to all of these people from other countries, you know? And it, it didn't feel right to me. Like I want to focus on my community that I'm building and it, it may be smaller, you know, like, well, it's definitely smaller. <laughs> like it's like 850 people as opposed to like millions of people, but it feels so much more right to me. Like, you know, I, I've been listening to a lot of stuff about like follower count and like how that's not really important at all. What's important is that the people that you're sharing content with and interacting with are interacting back and that you're providing value to them. And I so, so believe that. So to your point, no, you cannot be everything to every single person, nor should you be, you know, and we all have different people that we're going to resonate with and, and want to interact with more than over another person. And that's for whatever reason. And it's not your job to figure out what that reason is. It's not your job to try to be that person to those people. So I really love that. I think, um, you know, that imposter syndrome voice is such a liar because um, we think, oh, you know, somebody else is saying this, somebody else is doing this. Well, okay, but if you're being your individual, your unique self, um, they're not presenting it the way you are presenting it. They're presenting it the way they are. And if you're doing it naturally and authentically, then the very people that are meant to be and attract to them are going to gravitate towards them. And the way you are presenting your work, the very people that are meant to attract to you are going to gravitate towards you. You're yeah. no competition yeah. when you're being authentic because you're, it's just yourself. There's, 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 there's plenty to go around. It's like an abundance mindset. Really got to, that's, that's what I think. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this with us. Is there anything like that you feel I didn't ask you that you, you wish I did or that you just want to answer just for fun? Um, I, I think that, I mean, it was pretty, I really enjoyed, thank you for having me. And I think, um, you know, I would just encourage everybody to really use this time as a gift and look at this time as a gift. It, it is difficult and it's so difficult for so many people, but if you could, you know, take carve out that time for yourself and really use it as a gift to go in and um, think about like that. My favorite quote I saw recently was like in our rush to return to normal, consider which parts of normal that you wish to return to and actually apply that towards your business too. use it as an opportunity to, um, to really think about how you want to structure things, your, your life and your health and everything. Yeah. That, that quote, oh my gosh, it's like, now is the time to take stock of what's working and what's not working and, and what you want. Yeah, exactly. What you want to add back, like what, what you want to take away and then what you're going to keep taking away, you know? And I, I just love it. Like sometimes taking away can be some of the most powerful things that you do for your business. Yes. And yourself. <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you again so much. <laughs> Sorry. Now we've said goodbye twice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really enjoyed having you and have a great day. 
To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.